Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Career Catharsis, Episode 6. Today, we'll be chatting with the founder of Sales Health Alliance, Jeff Risley, on the topic of mental health in sales. Thanks so much for joining today's episode, Jeff. Really excited to learn more about you. So if you could share a little bit about your background for our listeners and uh, a bit more about your professional journey. Yeah, totally. So uh, my name is Jeff Risey. I'm the founder of the Sales Health Alliance. And I started the company probably about a year and a half ago to really help empower sales teams and salespeople to reach peak levels of sales performance and well-being through better mental health. So all my work is focused on helping salespeople navigate anxiety and all the different stressful situations that they encounter on a regular basis in a, in a mentally healthy way. Um, and yeah, this was just really, really born out of my own experience when it comes to mental health and sales and just feeling like it need, there, there needed to be a space on the sales floor to have this type of conversation. Excellent. Definitely with you on that. I think mental health in sales in particular is a niche that I don't think I've heard as much about. So it's really great to see someone like yourself pioneering that conversation. Can you share a little bit more about how you came up with Sales Health Alliance and your journey to starting that venture? Totally. So yeah, it was really born out of my own experience with uh, mental health and sales. Uh, I started in sales just over 10 years ago. Um, and was kind of put into an environment, classic boiler room type of environment. You're being measured on whether or not you can make $200 a day, achieve two and a half hours of talk time. If you weren't hitting your metrics, you were let go pretty quickly. And on the surface, I managed to thrive in this environment. I went on to be one of the top reps in the organization for for a few months, but on the surface or behind the scenes, I I definitely was not okay. I suffered from really bad anxiety, um, insomnia, panic attacks in the middle of the night. And it was after the third panic attack that um, put me in the hospital in the middle of the night when I thought, wow, I need to do something about this. Like this is definitely impacting my sales performance. And if this is a career I want to stay in, I need to figure out a way to make myself more resilient. So I went to see my doctor who prescribed me some anxiety medication um, at the time. And it was, uh, yeah, it was, it just wasn't helpful. Um, the, the problem with them, the problem with anxiety and taking medication was it disconnected me from my emotions, my intuition that I was relying on to be super successful in sales. So I stopped taking the medication, going to therapy 10 years ago was still highly stigmatized. And that's where I really needed to figure out a way to make myself more resilient. So I started learning everything that I possibly could about mental health, the brain on stress, different habits, self-care strategies. And I didn't realize how important this stuff was until Fast forward to July of 2018, when I started my first sales consulting website, and I was three days later, I was diagnosed with testicular cancer. So what I started to do was I started to execute on the same strategies that I was using to take care of myself in sales during this next stressful period of my life. And that's when it all started to come together that anxiety in sales is not optional. There's salespeople and sales teams that are struggling day in and day out 
And then when they become anxious, burnt out and depressed, their sales performance suffers. So my work is all around creating space in the sales world for this topic and, and sharing best practices that I've learned to help me take care of myself, not only in sales, but also in my personal life as well. Thank you for sharing that. I think you hit the nail on the head that this is a common struggle, especially for individuals in sales. There is a lot of that boiler room pressure and anxiety. And while therapy, I hope, is becoming less stigmatized, totally. uh, a lot of the times with avenues for medication, that might not necessarily be the best solution. So having conversations around it and ways to build more resilience um, is definitely something that we need to open up to more. And mm -hmm. I'm curious to know what type, what types of clients do you currently work with? Yeah, so it's it's everything. Like it's ranging from individual salespeople to corporations and sales teams specifically um, that are looking to start looking at their sales teams as, and salespeople as corporate athletes and how do you equip them to with the resilience, the EQ and the mental health training that they need to develop their mental game. Sales is primarily a mental game and without the right training and tools, it's very easy for, to lose perspective and become overburdened by the different stressors that they face. So it really ranges. Uh, I have online courses that are built for individuals as well as teams, as well as I do lunch and learns for or for corporate offices. Um, but usually if I'm working with a corporate company, it's usually a sales team that anywhere that's bigger than let's say 25 to 30 people and up is, is kind of my sweet spot. Okay. And what would you say is the number one complaint that your clients face? So it's, it's interesting. Like that's a, that's a tough question to answer because the problem with mental health and sales is they acknowledge that improving the mental game and mental health and sales is important. But the problem with this topic is because there's stigma on the sales floor, it's hard for teams to identify who on their team is specifically struggling, who who's suffering from burnout, who's suffering from anxiety, because it's not talked about. And as a result, it's very, it's very hard for sales teams to think outside the box and say, let's pull people off of the sales floor, selling activities that are generating revenue mm -hmm. to then start prioritizing this topic of mental health. So to answer your question, that the biggest challenge is, I think they don't know how big the actual problem and how big the impact is on their team specifically. So I've been doing research and, and survey research and, and trying to bring more light to this topic. I did a survey on just over 275 salespeople and more than two in five indicated that their mental, they struggle with their mental health 43%, which is mm -hmm. a huge number. So if 43% of a sales team is struggling with their mental health, that's going to lead to less revenue and making them less effective on the sales floor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think there's that acknowledgement piece that there is a problem, but not really understanding what the problem is, how big of an impact there is, and identifying, as you said, who on the team needs the support. And I think a lot of that ties into creating a psychologically safe work environment, ensuring that people feel comfortable enough to voice these concerns and then having a plan to support these individuals to ensure that their mental health is not suffering. And then as you mentioned, 
um, that bottom line in terms of revenue, um, we can keep that sales engine going if we take care of our people, right? 100%. Yeah. So with that, what would you say people can do to promote healthier habits in their workday? There's all sorts of things. Like if you're thinking about uh, from an organization standpoint, it really starts at the top with leadership starting to share more openly about their own experiences uh, when, when with times that they struggled, building compassion with with their team. I'm reading a great book right now that really highlights the what co- compassion really is, and it's the willingness to embrace and sit with someone in their discomfort and shame and embarrassment. So when that salesperson has a tough call or loses a big deal. It's not whipping them to get back on the phone. It's relating to them with a personal experience that they've struggled with that relates to them and really showing that you understand and that you care about how difficult this moment in time is for them mm. and relating to them and building that compassion within the, within the team. Um, I think another thing that my clients, I recommend to my clients is treating self-care more like a daily multi multivitamin rather than like an aspirin. There's this tendency within sales to that we're trying to sprint a marathon and it's go, 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 go. Mm -hmm. And that just leads to burnout and injuries. And we need to start thinking of self care as something that we do on a regular basis to help make sure that we're resilient and and building in best practices day in and day out. And I think that kind of ties into my third point, which is really looking at, um, self-care really book ending it into your day so having a self-care routine that you use to start the day and then using a self-care routine that you use to end the day and that really helps you transition from rest and digest into work mode and then back into rest and digest at the end of the day and having a really good shutdown routine to let your body know that okay it's time to enter into recovery period but far too often when we're overburdened we're feeling burnt out we tend to lean on trying to work harder mm-hmm. even though we're not we're reacting to the situation and not thinking logically we just overwork ourselves that leads to more burnout and it's a downward cycle cycle from there right so i think something that you mentioned there about treating self-care as a multivitamin and not as an aspirin mm-hmm. so the aspirin is something that you take kind of ad hoc when you think you need it Um, Whereas the multivitamin, you take that every day. You're not waiting for any signals or symptoms to take that. So um, I think really what you're saying is being more proactive about it rather than reactive and building it into your routine. So it's something that's steady and stable. Mm -hmm. And that way, then you don't have to wait for the symptoms or the issues to come up because you've already addressed that and you're already kind of covering your basis to ensure that um, you can exercise at peak performance, um, even mm-hmm. though obviously things will come up, but um, to your point about compassion um, and having the leaders actually relate on a personal note and be compassionate in those moments that there's a deal that's been lost or there's been a bad call. Um, I think maybe even those little shifts can hopefully extend uh, the tenure of your sales team and the performance. So those mm-hmm. are really incredible insights. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I think I think it's important to acknowledge as well that it's not everyone has had a panic attack and not everyone experiences the same triggers. 
uh, that impact their mental health. Some might be when a buyer ghosts you, another one might be when you start back at zero every month or every quarter. But if you can't relate, it's important to at least try, be curious, try to understand each other because I, it, it's too often that we don't even put the effort in to try and understand each other and, and, and see the other person's perspective. And when you do that, it just is a recipe for disaster and, and really starts building walls internally between really important relationships that require the organization to function at a high level. Right. So leaning on curiosity as a path to understanding. For yeah. sure. And what would you say keeps you motivated to do your job and show up every day? Having a really strong personal why. It's absolutely critical and really really identifying a, a problem or a challenge that I can connect with. I think that's been really important from a sales health alliance standpoint is it's something that I've live and breathe because it's something I've experienced um, totally in my own life. Like I said, with panic attacks and anxiety, I can connect with individuals that are going through this and it's, yeah, it's just one of those really passionate topics that have, when, when something's meaningful to you, it makes it way easier to show up on the days when you're unmotivated or the days that you're feeling tired or disengaged. Your personal why is really that thing that you need to have a crystal clear understanding of because it's like your well and the resource that you pull from to say, if I'm unmotivated today, let's look at the personal why, reconnect with some personal stories and things that we've heard from people that we have helped and really taking an altruistic view to trying to help as many people as possible um, on a regular basis. I love that. And something that you mentioned about connecting with the stories of people that we have helped. I think that's an incredible way to connect with your why and to recognize the impact that we're having. And that's all the more reason to show up and get out there and make a difference again. Mm -hmm. And I'd, I'm also really curious to know a highlight of your career so far. I think it would just be just taking that step out into um, trying to become an entrepreneur. It started with the sales consulting company and, and then again transitioned into the Sales Health Alliance. And it's something that I always felt that I wanted to do and something that I, I, I was tired of selling so much for everyone else i thought it was time to uh rather than getting paid a small commission start working on something that's meaningful to me but also build a business i i think that's what was ha what happened with the experience with cancer is it kind of like shook me out of my uh the way i was using time i was taking time for granted and it was a clear indicator to know that you can have these goals and these future aspirations that you keep put, putting off and putting out putting off because they're uncomfortable and it's scary to start these things and you always believe that you have more time but unfortunately you can be super healthy and and things can blindside blindside you so it's important to maximize and live each day as if it's as if it's your last is kind of like cliche and corny as that sounds um but yeah i think that was like the, a huge step for me it's something i always wanted to do and if you look around at the world and this stores and the businesses that you see everyone's built their own sandboxes and mm. right if, if you're not if you're not building your own you're playing in someone else's and I always felt like I'd 
want to build a pretty awesome sandbox to, that people would enjoy coming to visit. So. Well, that's super exciting. And it's so true that it's scary to start, especially with a big endeavor such as entrepreneurship. So it's really motivating and inspiring to see how far you've come along with your journey with Sales Health Alliance and the fact that you can give back and show up and motivate others. It's it's incredible. Mm -hmm. No, I appreciate that. Thank you. And I'm also curious to hear about one small change that you think everybody can make as individuals to practice wellness at work. What would your advice be there? So I think the most important thing is really um, matching the intensity of strain that you're under with the, with the intensity of a recovery. Far too often we, we, we don't do that. And if you think about going to the gym, we go in, if we have a really intense workout, our body physically shuts down and says, okay, you're so sore the next day that you can't work out the same recovery. And then as a result, we have to go into this longer recovery period after an intense workout. But the thing with the brain is it's harder to recognize when it's tired. It's very easy for us to not realize how sleep deprived we are or how anxious or how burnt out we are until it's too late. And far too often we, we don't match a very intense day where we're under a lot of stress with a very intense day of recovery or a period of recovery. Um, and I think that's what far too often we're taking our, our mental health and our, our brain's resiliency for granted and it sneaks up on us. So something to keep in mind, if you're, if you're under a super stressful day, do the, do the things you already know what to do. Go to bed early. Don't stay up scrolling on social media. Have a good workout to get those endorphins running. Do the meditation. Start layering all these things. You don't necessarily need to do as much on days when it's less stressful and less um, impactful on your, on your mental health. Right. So matching the period of recovery with the period of intensity. I think when we look at the average employee lifespan, uh, obviously when we think of vacation, you know, you have a week here or a week there, and then in between it's go, 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 you're in work mode. So I think something that you mentioned about layering activities that we know are going to be good for us, whether it may be meditation or relaxation or whatever it is that helps us unwind and layering it within our work mode so that we're not um, on this hamster hamster wheel almost uh, mm -hmm. without really a, you know, a sign to kind of tell us to stop or slow down. It's something that we have to kind of keep in check ourselves. Um, so thank you for that. And is there anything else that you would like to share or kind of um, any final note for our audience when it comes to workplace wellness? Uh, no, like I, I think you're doing doing great job with this podcast and, and creating awareness around this topic. And I think more than ever, like this is just a critical time with the pandemic and COVID happening that we we have more of these conversations. It's it's important to remember that mental health was was um, here before COVID-19 kind of took over the world. And this is a really unique moment in time where I've seen people start to build compassion around this external threat and relate to how big an impact of change and uncertainty it's created. Mm -hmm. But it's a critical time to use this to really start 
having more conversations around, around mental health because mental health is going to be here long after the pandemic is gone. Mm -hmm. So this is the time to do the learning and the growth that you need to do as an organization to foster connection, foster purpose, help people with their self-esteem and build a strong foundation. Um, because yeah, mental health isn't going anywhere. It's it's only getting worse with the rising demands of the workplace and technology. So yeah. this is a critical time to bring it into the forefront off the back of COVID. Absolutely. I think this really is a pivotal time. And I know that everyone has been inundated with that messaging of this being an unprecedented time, but it really is an opportunity to learn and grow and set the foundation, as you said, because there's a lot of work ahead of us. And it's it's been um, a pretty taxing year for, for people with unemployment rates going very high. So if there are companies that are looking to onboard and hire new people, really keeping workplace wellness as, as, as a forefront even of their onboarding experience to kind mm. of recognize what people have been through in the year. And, um, you know, there's almost this mistrust as well of whether or not people are going to have stable, stable jobs. Um, so kind of factoring all of that into that onboarding experience and throughout the employee life cycle to ensure that there's a psychologically safe work environment and that we're promoting self-care at the leadership level and at the individual level. So thank you so much for sharing all of your insights and for your journey in starting Sales Health Alliance and the incredible work that you're doing for mental health in sales. Yeah, no, thanks for having me on. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing this podcast grow and the, and the awareness grow. So, so thank you as well. I hope you enjoyed hearing from Jeff Risley, founder of Sales Health Alliance, where he is on a mission to impact workplace wellness, specifically with sales teams. You can find out more about his practice in the show notes. While you're there, be sure to subscribe to hear more episodes of the Career Catharsis podcast. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Career Catharsis podcast. It would mean the world to me if you shared this episode with somebody that you know to inspire someone to take the next step in their career. Send me your feedback at coach.neha.coram at gmail.com. Connect with me on Instagram at coach.neha or find me on LinkedIn. Simply type my name, Neha Koram, and you'll find me. Looking forward to connecting and see you next time.